No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. What's happening, everybody? Michael Hellickson here with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. I am so excited for today's Club Wealth TV. Of course, as you know, uh, Club Wealth is a coaching company. We are actually the number one coaching company in the team space now. And uh, so we work with uh, not only individuals, we work with solo agents, but we also work with uh, the biggest and most profitable teams in the country. And uh, today with me is my co-host, Mr. Brian Curtis, who is a tier five club wealth coach. He is the freaking man. Let me tell you something. This guy is for real uh, and knows just, I'll tell you, I always tell people, listen, Brian really loves the attention. He loves it when I you know, go on and on and on about him, but I, I'm just kidding. He hates it when I do that, but I will say this. <laughs> arguably one of the smartest people in real estate today. I, I, I don't, in fact, I'm not even sure you could even argue it. it he is on, honestly one of the smartest people in real estate today. And we have as our guests, coaches, Linda and Kelly Revore, also with Club Hi. Wealth. Hi. And uh, so we're super excited to have you guys on. Cannot wait. Uh, and I see that we've already got a whole bunch of people logging on. We've got Lexi Taylor, Andy Kantz, uh, Rachel Fogler, Joni Hollingsworth. We've got a ton of people logging into Facebook right now. Uh, so thank you for that. We appreciate you guys being on and watching. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, first and foremost, Linda and Kelly, tell us where you are and tell us a little bit about you and your business. Okay. You want me to start? Sure. Okay. Um, so Linda has been an agent since 2006. I've been an agent since 2013. We're located out of Springfield, Missouri, little old Springfield, Missouri. Um, we started up, well, Linda started off on her own. I joined her in 2013. We currently have one operations manager and eight buyers agents. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So what is it that you guys are in terms of production, volume, dollars? Uh, you know, give us, give us some backstage pass to kind of your, your operation. Well, I'll take that one. So Springfield, Missouri is in the corner, southwest corner of Springfield, so, or of Missouri. So we did 112 transactions last year. Pretty much that was Kelly and I. We had a couple buyers agents off and on, but we didn't really have that dialed in very well. Um, but when you talk about volume, you know, people are going to wonder how we eat with that because we did a little over 15 million at 112 transactions. <clears throat> okay. So what is, so that's, so what is that in terms of gross commission income? So you did, uh, so you said 115 transactions. Mm -hmm. 112 transactions. Our GCI was just under half a million. Just under half a million dollars on 112 transactions. That's fantastic. Awesome. Okay. So it takes a lot to get there. I mean, let's call it what it is. And, but here's the good news. The good news is you guys have a team. So if I, if I remember correctly, you're not married to your business right now. Is that right? No, I sure used to be before Kelly would, um, got on my team. I was married to it. I was ready to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And I'm a single mother. And, uh, the first few years of being in real estate before we met club, well, I was married to it as well. So Lots of crying, lots of tears, lots of yelling towards each other, not at each other, but phone calls where we would call each other and I'd say, I can't do this. I have kids at home that need, you know, I need to see and I don't need to dump them off at a babysitter's house to go show houses on nights and weekends. 
which is what I did. Uh, I think my rate was nine weeks without a single day off. Um, and then we met you in May of 2016, and that has radically changed our lives. Wow, that sounds terrible. Nine weeks without a single day off. I can't even yeah. imagine. That just does not sound fun to me. Brian, you had a similar story back in the day. I think you've got that record beat, don't you? That nine no, weeks, which is a bit. I didn't even keep track. So. <laughs> I kept track. Obviously, she kept track. Plus, you know, for me, it was really hard. She came from an 8-to-5 background, and I've never really had an 8-to-5 job, so I've always been an entrepreneur, so it was really hard for me to relate because, uh, obviously, my kids were grown, that she couldn't work all the time. So, you know, that was a learning experience, and we had our arguments between the two of us because of that. But, you know, all worked out. It all worked out. Now I love her again, most of the time. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Okay, so Brian, I know you had some. You, you had a train of thought that you wanted to make sure we covered today with with Linda and Kelly because uh, you're you're really passionate about. Hey, look, it's not you know 2010 or 2007 anymore. It's, so talk to us about that and how are we going to proceed with today's call? Well, and, and I'm going to start. I'm going uh, as you ask me that question. I'm going to ignore it and, and come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You sound just like Tara. That's awesome. Yeah, She's a smart woman. So, um, but here's one of the things that I want to make sure that not to gloss over. And what, what I mean by that is, so it, I talk to people all over the country. I was literally just on a phone call with um, someone who may end up being a coaching client, uh, may just be a, a referral partner. Anyway, an, an agent in another market. And they were talking, they're, they're, they're a buyer's agent or hybrid agent. I'm not like, sure that what part wasn't part of the conversation, but I said, what's your split? And he said, I'm on a 70, 30 split on a team. And I said, wow. And I, I'm like, can I sign up for that please? So it, here's, here's the thing is I really want to focus on is that, you know, their average sales price was well over $300,000. I know Linda and Kelly's average sales price is half of that. So, you know, here's the thing that they have done that impresses me more than anything else, because you know, when I walk around and I sell three houses and I make a million bucks, then that's not hard. Anybody can do that. You know, you can luck into that. They have to run a business every single day. There's the margins that they have. I mean, I always complain about mine, but theirs are worse. So what they have to do is make sure that every penny gets accounted for, every lead gets followed up with, you know, because ultimately when they close a deal, they don't get a $10,000 check. Where you know a lot of our a lot of our viewers are going, I, I would quit real estate if I if I got paid what you guys get paid. So you know, talk to let's just start talking the the conversation with what does your business look like and what are you doing to make sure that every single penny gets squeezed out of it because ultimately you know Linda and Kelly don't want to work twenty four hours a day. That was kind of how the conversation started out. So I'm going to pass it back over to you guys. You know, what are you doing to make sure that you're watching every one of those dollars and what are you doing to make sure that you're calculating all that stuff on a monthly basis. Well, um, number one, we, we have Zillow and we have Ylopo and, of course, Facebook leads. And we have the team huddle every single morning that I make every one of my agents give us their numbers of how many reach outs they did, how many contacts that they made, how many houses that they've shown. And it's really important. Um, I know it took us a while to get the team huddle, you know, that we really wanted to do it. But we discovered that in between the holidays, we decided, oh, we really didn't need a team huddle. Some of us didn't work. Some of us did work. And we found a total disconnect. Even our buyer's agent said they were totally disconnected that week because we didn't have our morning call. Um, we get together once a, 
once a week. Actually, it's every Wednesday. We have our training. And again, we talk about each individual client that people have, what's working, what's not working. Um, I go through at least once a month, if not every other week, and I just kind of pick different um, leads, that lead sources or leads that's out there, and I call the agent and I said, hey, what about this particular person? So, I mean, I'm not a every single one of them, but I make them be accountable as I pick and choose and I make them tell me each particular lead. And I'll tell you guys, if you are working on building a team and you do not do a daily huddle, that, guys, is a game changer. Our team was kind of floundering, and as soon as we started those daily huddles, and we started August 1st of just last year is when we finally listened to our coach and started our daily huddles, and it was the game changer. Our team has literally exploded because of those daily huddles. So do them. I'm telling you, do them. So let me ask you about that. So the one thing that I heard, and this is what I found more true than anything else, is daily huddles keep people connected. So have you ever noticed someone doesn't show up for a couple of days? Yeah. And oh, what Kelly is, reaches out and gets on to him pretty well. <laughs> I'm sure she but does. I know that. Say, but, why have you not been on the call? Because when we hire someone not to be on our buyers as a, on our team, that is a mandatory thing. It is. And I feel that if uh, one person misses consistently, then another person, another one of our agents might feel like it's okay to miss because Mr. Smith missed. And, you know, they can't yell at me because they're not yelling at, you know, this other agent. And then I feel that then you have two agents that are kind of flaky about it. Then you have three agents. It's almost like a toxic cancer that spreads rapidly on your team. And it's something that I won't allow. Um, toxic cancer, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to be on our team if that's the case. We've been so fortunate not to have that. But it is because I reach out to them. And I don't reach out to them and just yell. I do ask what's going on. And then I say it's very important that you're on the call. And I explain to them that exact same thing. If you are consistently not on the call, then it's okay for others consistently not to be on the call. And the whole thing falls apart. Gotcha. Yeah, the consistency really matters. You got to have that consistency across the entire team. But I got to tell you guys, I'm so glad you're talking about this daily huddle. I completely agree. Without it, teams get disconnected. With it, they come together. It changes your culture entirely. And uh, not only that, it provides you with a daily opportunity to not only make sure that they start their day off right and they and they show up, which is 90% of this, right? Like just yeah. you got to just freaking show up and actually pick up the phone. But you can also hold them accountable and make sure they're doing the things that you and they have agreed are the things that need to be done every day. Uh, and it's interesting. We The daily huddle is so valuable that we literally have people um, all over the country now that, be, that are in tier one, for example, that are not yet on a team. And so they don't have the ability to have a daily huddle with somebody. So we created the tier one huddle specifically for those people because it's that important. And we've seen their production go up as a result. It really does matter. Brian, go ahead. It really doesn't. We don't make people come to the office for the team huddle. Now, everybody's times are different. Ours is 830 because we have a lot of single moms, you know, have to get their kids ready. So we say it's not like you've got to be somewhere. I don't care if you're sitting on coffee in your pajamas. Just got to be on the call. Absolutely. And I think that's really the important thing. I think a lot of people are like, oh, gosh, being at the office at a certain time every single day. I joined real estate to be an independent agent. And all those things are true. 
you know, you, but you can have independence and support. You can have independence and structure, which is basically what you're doing with, with the morning huddle. You're still independent. We're asking you to set aside 30 minutes of your day, the rest of the day, follow a perfect daily schedule that you and I agree on and, and kind of move forward with that. So that's awesome. So let me ask you this. Um, as you started to do this thing, you know, you had a team before. What was the, what was the moment for you where you said, and when I say team, not just the two of you, because the two of you, yes, you're a team, but you're related, and there's a different type of dynamic that occurs there. But to add other people, you know, when did you say, you know what, we really need to go to the next level where we're going to add some other people to our team? And who was that first? Definitely Kelly. <laughs> so I'm the team recruiter, um, and I'm the one that pushed Linda to do this. So, um, you know, I don't really know if we had a defining moment besides – being on our coaching calls, I think at the time we were coaching with um, Rick Rains, we were in tier two and he said, you guys, if you want to grow a team, you have to be intentional about it. And so I reached out. Um, I got a great ad uh, for buyer's agents from Amy Freeman, who's also a club ball coaching client. And I think she's a coach. Um, and so she gave me an ad. I posted that ad the first week of August and gosh, I don't even remember how many appointments that I went on. A lot, a lot of coffee appointments and just started recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And honestly, I've not rat, ran an ad since then. And we continue to have buyer's agents. We had two in January, one that's coming on in a couple of weeks, one that just joined us on Monday. Um, so we continue to have it just from word of mouth without even running an ad. And so I know by running another ad, it will explode again. Um, but I really think it was just being intentional. And then really, I have created an amazing handbook um, for, for my interviews and uh, sent that out to a couple of different club wealth coaching clients. So I've created a really good handbook that has our expectations. And it also has on there what they can expect from us, because I don't want to take, take, take. Obviously, we need to give, give, give. I want to give more than what we are receiving. So um, I meet with them. I talk to them about that. And then I just follow up with them. Fortune's in the follow-up. So I follow up with potential buyer's agents just as much as I follow up with them, you know, buyers or sellers. So here's the objection that everybody who doesn't have a team gives me. Everyone says, but Brian, no one's going to give me 50% of their commission for being on my team. So you, you're, you're recruiting a lot of people. You're talking to a lot of people. How often do you get that objection? Not a lot because I cover it beforehand. Um, okay. What I do is I say, you know, would you rather the, the traditional split, let's say at a traditional model is maybe a 70, 30. Um, so would you rather get 70% of four or five deals a year, or would you rather get 50% of 25 deals? And when you put it that way, they really start to reevaluate. Would you rather get paid in six months, which is the probability for a brand new agent or a struggling agent is to get paid in six months after door knocking and, um, you know, expireds and FISBOs and all that? Or would you rather me feed you the leads? All you have to do is sit at home, make your phone calls, and then all of a sudden you start getting paid for that. It's really a no brainer. I have not had anybody that has come back to me and saying, I don't see the value in this. Pretty much if I interview you and you have your license, you're probably going to come onto our team because I'll show you the reason that it's worth it. And I can honestly say we really do get mostly brand new agents. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a couple from other companies that have come over, but we also can really talk about the training that they get as a brand new agent one-on-one. -on -one, and that's my job. I do all the training with them. Um, I mean, we have one-on-ones. I actually take them to houses. And I show them how to show a house. I'm the agent and they're the buyer. 
we do that four or five times, then we flip it. I'm the buyer, they're the agent. So we go over that. And, um, you know, if you're working just for, with a regular brokerage, you don't get that one-on-one training that we do. You know, here's the other thing too, Brian, if I could jump in on your question as to, you know, why would anybody want to pay? And because people have different splits all over the board. We're just using 50-50 because it's easy numbers. It doesn't matter what your freaking split is, first of all. Right. Your split is not the reason you are successful or not successful. So let's start with that. That being said, let's just say, you know, why would somebody want to pay 50-50, for example? Well, I would respond with price is only an issue in the absence of value. If I'm bringing in a value like Linda and Kelly are describing, if I'm bringing tons of value and instead of you doing four, 10, whatever transactions a year, now I can double, triple, quadruple the number of transactions or more that you're doing every year. And I can provide you a support team that's going to do all the stuff that you don't like doing anyway. Right. And you don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to pay for leads. You don't have to pay for all the other BS stuff that's involved with running a real estate business. That's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I think that's a lot of value. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you were talking about recruiting. I want to just put a shout out there to the, the company that sponsors our show that we use for recruiting a lot is WiseHire. Uh, and I put the link in uh, in the, the, the comments here, but WiseHire is great. And I, I think it's what, Brian, how much is WiseHire now? Do you know? The last time that uh, I checked was $200. Um, you can spend more money. You know, if you want to spend more money, you can. That basically adds, adds up to your thing. But honestly, $200 will probably get, what you, get you what you need for most people, unless you're trying to recruit 10 people a month, which most people aren't. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you're realistically a couple hundred dollars a month. It gets people out there and it, it gets you. You know, it's like anything else. It's uh, it's a lead generation source. So we're just lead generating for for agents instead of lead generating for buyers or sellers. And, you know, it's a numbers game, just like everything else. So, you know, I, I don't know what your numbers are, Kelly and Linda, but, you know, I'm not, every person I talk to, they're not always a fit for me. Um, and I hire a lot. I hire a very high percentage of the people I talk to, but there's still always those people that do that. So here's, here's a great question that, you know, I wonder different people are handling. So after you sit down with a recruit and you have a good meeting and you feel like, hey, this person is someone who might fit on my team, what's your next step there? If I feel like they're going to be a good fit, I, I'll tell them. I'll say, you know, I, I, would, I think you'd be a great asset to our team. Um, and I, I really hope that you think hard about this because I would love to have you on our team. And then a couple of times I've handed out a couple of my buyer's agents, my current buyer's agents numbers. And I've said, you know, I think this person would be a great person to talk to call this agent. And then they follow up and they will call and I'll call my buyer's agents and say, Hey, I I handed out your number to a potential agent. And you know, if the potential agent calls them, then I know they are very serious because they get an, an idea of what it's like to be on our team. I'm very big about the culture on our team and I want other agents to understand the culture on our team. And, and, that's why I hand out some of our buyers. It's almost like a reference, you know. So I'll yeah. send out references. I'll follow up with them. I'll say, how are things going after a couple of days? What can I help you with? I've invited them to our weekly team meeting that we have in person every Wednesday awesome. at 1. I've invited them to it so they get to meet the entire team, even if they haven't joined our team. But get an idea of what our, our team meeting is like. Um, I don't invite them on the daily huddles. I probably could, but I haven't. So I really want them to connect with our team and to get an idea of what other people are like on our team so those are some of the things that i've done okay that's awesome and do you feel that um any of the with you know i were doing that do you ever give them an activity to do so one of the things that i do is say okay so go home and think about it and call me between now and friday no i've never done that i'm usually the one that reaches out to them 
Okay. I do that. And the reason I do that is because if they can't follow that simple task, I don't want them on my team. Just <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you know, we are, who are great agents. Great, um, yeah. to so I cut you off a bit. Fast. Well, we don't really hire fast. Um, we kind of hire slow. We're going to fire slow. You know, we're in Missouri. That's just kind of slow. Our, our <laughs> board has our board has 2,000 active real estate agents. And that's, well, not even active. I think they only have 850 active real estate agents that in 2017 sold a single house. I think they're only 150. So, you know, we don't have uh, some, I do coach a couple of clients. And some of those clients have 55,000 people in their board or 36,000 people in their board. We have 2,000 and they are, you know, less than half are active. So um, it, it is a little bit slower for us here in Springfield, Missouri to uh, fire or hire fast. We're the show me state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what Rick, Coach Rick, Rick Randis was just posting. That. He's like, show me, show me, show me. But, uh, and, he, and, and Rick makes a couple of good points here. He's talking about, um, number one, that people want to be a part of something bigger uh, than, than just a person, right? So they love that, you know, the teams really provide people with that environment. And it's fun, right? Like, I'd yeah. much rather work with, more, with, with a group of people that have a common goal. It's more fun. It's energizing. There's synergy that's created. So one and one doesn't equal two. It equals 11. I mean, it really does work. Um, and you guys hit the nail on the head. You were talking about culture. And I, I want to touch on this for a minute because this is important. You know, people don't necessarily come to your team because of culture. And I'll say this because they really don't understand your culture till they're there. Right. Uh, but so, you know, numbers has more to do with that. The, you know, the, the social pressure or the, or the social proof, I should say, from your team, people saying, hey, I love it here. Here's why, yada, yada, yada. All of that helps. But I will tell you this people will leave your team because of culture. And, and that is almost always the reason why someone leaves a team is because of cultures. Uh, they will also, and Rick makes a great point, they will stay on your team because of culture. And culture will overcome all kinds of things, dollars, challenges, all, the, all this other stuff can be very, I don't want to say easily, but it's much more easy to overcome those things when you have the right culture on your team. And culture is the hardest thing to define. Like, what is culture? right? Like, what does it really mean? Well, you know, it's what's it like being on your team? How does it feel to be on your team? Do I feel like I'm a part of something? Do I feel like I'm with people that care about me? Do I care about them? Are we on, on the same team here? Are we heading in the same direction? I mean, all of these things matter to your culture uh, and more. So go ahead. Did you guys want to touch on that? I would love to know what are some things that you guys are doing that, that is creating that culture on your team that people want to stay? A couple of things is we have a group me app. Now, we're always talking on the group me app. You know, good, bad, something funny that happened. You know, we're especially us gals. Now, the guys, not so much. They don't make a whole lot of comments. But us girls, we're on that app a lot. We're, you know, sometimes when I'm showing property, I have to turn my phone off because I'm hearing ding, ding, and it's us girls going. Um, so that is a, a big thing about it. And Kelly and I, we have an office in our company and we're here a lot so we don't work from home so the agents on our team pretty much know they can come in whenever any of them come into the office which is not a whole lot but we're here um so then we chit chat we stop what we're doing we chit chat you know we'll go have happy hour just just fun stuff um once a month i give out gift cards you know just that kind of thing and I say Linda's really good at uh, being a great mentor. And there have been times where I've wanted to pull my hair out because of different things that have happened on our team. And I call her and I 
rant towards her and she says, just calm down, just calm down, let me handle it so I know I can kind of walk away from it. And she is such a good mothering, nurturing, mentoring person that she can call up somebody, have a conversation with them, you know, what's going on in your personal life and really kind of get them to break down and then build them back up. She's amazing at that. I really feel that she's the reason that our culture is the way that it is today. People highly respect her, not only in our team, but also she's been an agent for so long in our board. People all over from all different sorts of um, brokerages highly respect her for the the way she does business. Integrity is everything. Um, every time that we have a meeting about something that may or may not have gone wrong within our team, I say, guys, you have to remember, this is our name that is attached to your transaction. So, uh, you know, I always say buyers and sellers come and go. We hope that they give referrals. If we're doing our job right, they do. But ultimately, other agents from other brokerages are our coworkers. So, yes, we are also competitors, but we all have the same end goal in mind. And you have to treat it as such. You have to be friends with them. You have to make this deal as easy as possible. It's better for everybody involved. So don't fight with another agent. Don't start bashing another agent. Just really make it a point to be great to everybody all around. This job is going to be so much easier that way. Build the right relationships. And all of this I've learned from Linda, and she's really big about doing that within our team. We don't just know their names. We know husbands' names. We know that the, you know kids' names. We, we, we understand everything that's going on in their personal lives as well. So what I call that is leadership versus management. And I really feel like you have really empathized that, you know, really epitomized that, you know, and you know, you know how important and I feel like you do an amazing job with that. And that's, if, if you can get one, one thing, everybody in the world would love to, you know, I remember when I started a long, long time ago in real estate, I was like, well, I'll just have brokerage and I'll just go hire 15 agents and they'll go out and do their thing and they'll give me half their commission and I'll get wealthy and none of that ever happened, <laughs> by the way. it feels that you know it looks like that's what what the brokers are doing right they open an office the agents go and they give them their commission and that but you know the truth of the matter is and it's in it's hyper on a team because on the team they have a, a higher expectation of what you're going to give them and i really appreciate the fact that it's not I hear this all the time from team leaders. Well, I turned their leads off. I did this. I did this. I did this. And I'm not saying you never do any of those things, but that's, that's step seven or eight. Step right. one, believe it or not. And guys, if you haven't heard this, it's have a conversation. Because right. here's the thing, you know, they had a, their kid did something stupid last night. They got a, a fight with their spouse. They, you know, they got sick. Their mom got sick. These things happen to people, and when we get in their lives, and I'm not saying we need to know every little detail of what goes on in their lives, but when we come from the assumption that that it's not because they're bad performers, it's because something's going on that we can help them with, they love us for that. And, you know, that's what I hear Kelly saying about Linda is people love her because she takes an interest in what they are first. And, you know, congratulations for that. Cause it's honestly, most people are just about how do I get this person to perform? How can I get, how do I get this person's life to be better? And I really fear that's what you're saying with that. So, you know, yeah. And I would say, Brian, as you and I have talked throughout um, the times that we've been coaching together, you've heard me say that quite a bit and, and you're absolutely right. This is the, the value that you bring, I mean, you bring so much value to uh, Linda and I, but definitely these are one of the things that you've taught me um, throughout the, the few years that we've been together is to do that. And I think that just even being coached by you has what has helped us create the, that kind of a culture. Thanks. You know, and, step back. 
It's interesting, Brian, to your point, you know, I would say that in, in terms of problems within a team, right? Because you're going to have problems. But I would say 90% of the problems that are caused inside a team, or at least 80, but you know, the vast majority of problems caused inside a team are usually not people problems, they're systems problems. You know, if we had the right systems in place, people have understood this was the expectation, or they would have more easily been able to get that information to so and so or whatever. Systems are generally responsible for those problems. And the and then I would say of the rest of the remaining problems, the vast majority of those have more to do with what is happening outside the workplace than what is happening inside the workplace. Um, and to your guys' point, you don't know that if you're not in touch with your folks and you got to be in touch with their lives. Um, so very important. Now, one of the other things I want to circle back real quick, you guys were talking earlier about small market versus big market and how that impacts hiring and how that impacts team growth and how that impacts how you interact in the marketplace. Um, I would say that, yes, you do need to make sure that you're being nice to everybody in your marketplace. You need to treat other agents like their clients, right? Give them great service just like you would a client. That's very, very important. It's even more important in a small market uh, than it is in large markets, but it's important in all markets, really. Uh, and, and I'm concerned that there's probably some people out there in Seattle or LA or big markets that, you know, are thinking to themselves, oh, I, you know, I don't need to worry about that. I'm in a big market. But the reality is you do need to worry about that. Now, the other piece, the high, you know, we're generally a hire fast, fire fast kind of an organization at Club Wealth. But what I heard you say is we're kind of a hire slow, fire slow organization. Um, I would suggest the following. <laughs> so this is, me, this is me coaching you now. So I would suggest that you consider hire fast, fire slow in your market. Um, you know, I still would be more inclined to being, bring people on, even if I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, but I would, I would maybe slow roll letting people go in a smaller market. Um, the problem is if you're not hiring fast, a lot of times we get caught up in analysis paralysis and we lose the opportunity. If we don't bring them on fast enough, they go find other opportunities. You're not the only yeah. game in town. You're not, you know, you're, you're not the only option for them. Um, and I don't want to lose good people because we don't bring them on fast enough. Brian and I were just having this conversation uh, via text here just the other day. Um, but I would uh, agree with that. Um, you know, we've been really fortunate to, I would say the last probably four agents that we've had have been through word of mouth. And so I know that through word of mouth and reputation. And so I know that just even placing one more buyer's agents ad in the next few weeks would just flood us. So I agree. Well, and so that brings me to another question. And I know I'm going to get mixed feelings probably from all three of you. I don't know if any of you agree with me on this. You might have I I get a lot of disagreement from people on this one. So how fast is too fast to grow? Uh, let me take this because I'm the one that said we hire slow. So I don't personally want to hire six or seven agents all at one time because I don't feel I can give them the one-on-one -on -one attention that they need. So that's my philosophy. And I understand Club Wealth and I understand the hire fast. But when Kelly starts to tell me, oh, she's got four or five agents that want to come on the team, I'm like, whoa, I get let's step at. back. I get um, you know, we have some pretty good dynamics together. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, wait a minute. I'm the one that has to train them. So let's back up. So that's why I'm the higher slow. Yeah, I'm the recruiter, and I would do this much faster if she would allow me. 
But you know, we have to do a give and take here. We do have to do a give and take because she is the one that trains them. And and trust me, that's what they want is for Linda to train them, not me. So she is the one that trains them and does uh, the one-on-one. My job's pretty easy compared to hers. Coach Brian? (laughs) So I'm, I'm a fan of hire as fast as your system will allow. And that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, right now, Linda and Kelly's system is everyone goes through Linda, you get trained. Now, you know, we've created some leverage in that, in that, you know, if they hire two or three people at a time, they can train them simultaneously. What that doesn't eliminate is every new agent, not every, almost every new agent doesn't know what the heck they're doing. And I don't care. The training is great, but there's the practical real world when they go out to write write the offer for the first time or show the house for the first time or or the tenth time, unfortunately. So, you know, that's the practicality that becomes and you know, I'd love to say and, and Michael will cringe as I say this, but ultimately I would love to say that real estate happens from six to six, but it doesn't. So when the new agent's out showing the house at eight thirty at night and now they have to go write the contract and they don't know how to write the contract. They're not waiting till tomorrow morning. They're calling Linda right. at eight thirty at night and saying, "And if you've got ten people calling you at eight thirty at night, your life just turned into pure, pure chaos." So right. you know, it really depends on the systems that you have. And you know, I know that we've talked about this for for you guys, and I'm sure that as this team grows, you're, you'll put some team leads in place and then yep. call them at eight thirty at night. Okay. So you know, those are things that that can happen. So it really comes down to what your system is ready for, and you know, if. Like if you're if you don't have an assistant, who's who's your assistant? I'm my assistant if I don't have an assistant. Same type of thing. If I don't have someone who can train people how to write a contract at eight thirty at night, guess what? I'm right. I'm writing a contract at eight thirty at night. So that that's my answer to that question. Well, and see, so Mark Chapel makes it. And by the way, I agree 100, percent Brian. I love I love your answer. Uh, Mark Chapel makes a great comment. He says, "I like the idea of hiring two to four people at the same time because training days are the same. I can train all of them at once, uh, and that's very true." One of the things that Brian and Cherie Benjamin, most of you guys know Cherie Benjamin. She's a freaking rock star. She's one of our club wealth coaches, of course. Uh, she's a tier four club wealth coach. I love Cherie. She's killing it. Um, and Cherie, what we're working on right now is we're working on automating nine. 90% of the onboarding process. And we're very close to having it accomplished. Uh, and as that happens, it will make it a lot easier to ramp up hiring very, very quickly. Um, that being said, though, as you ramp up hiring, one of the other things you have to keep in mind that I think a lot of people forget is I got to provide lead opportunities for these folks at some point. That doesn't mean that I bring a new agent on my team and I'm going to just dump a bunch of leads on them and give them, you know, brand new leads all of a sudden. In fact, a lot of agents will do like a 90 and 90. They'll give them 90 leads in 90 days that are out of the pond, so to speak. So they're, they're leads that have been in the system a while and they got to, they got to follow up with those. Um, I will tell you this, as you're onboarding, I would make it a prerequisite. And this, this expectation I think is the, probably the most understated and most underutilized expectation that I think everyone should have with every single team members they come on. They are going to do some very specific things immediately when they come on board before you give them any leads. One is they're going to hold multiple open houses every single month. Now you're going to decide what number that is, but I think every single person they come on to my team, I really think that a, a new buyer's agent to my team should be doing a minimum of four to six open houses a month. I'd like to see them doing a lot more than that, but I would say a minimum of four to six open houses a month. In addition to that, 
they need to be dialing their sphere of influence in. They need to get their sphere of influence into a spreadsheet or, in, you know, so we, or, or directly into the system. But we want their sphere in our system so that we can help them work their sphere of influence. That's going to be low-hanging fruit for them, and it's going to be the fastest path to a transaction for them. Right. So, uh, but setting those expectations up, up in front are, is very, very important. Now, uh, anything else on any of that, you guys, that you want to jump on? No, I'll just say that we do have the pond. Uh, all of our agents do have access to the pond, and the expectations are set up front. That's why I have a whole manual that I give them um, when they when I'm interviewing with them. It does have the expectations on there, and those are some of the expectations. It's an entire sheet of expectations, but I also have another entire sheet of expectations that they can expect from us. So. As we do the automated onboarding process, one of the things you'll see in there is here's the expectations and then there will be a test that they have to fill out so that we know that they understand the expectations, right? I mean, that's, that's a big deal right. just because we put it in writing doesn't mean they read it, doesn't mean they understand it, doesn't mean they're going to do it, right? So we at least want to make sure they've read and understood it. Um, and I love it. Claire Widmark's uh, like, I cannot wait to see this new club wealth hiring process. Yahoo. She's super excited. Me too. Yeah, I'm pretty excited I'm too excited. because I think that would help my end. <laughs> yeah. Tara, Tara's a little frustrated with me because I'm about to write a $100,000 check. Watch Brian cringe. <laughs> I was just waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about, I'm getting ready to have to write a $100,000 check to the company, the software company that's uh, hosting it for us and doing it all for us. So very excited, though. It's going to be a big deal. Damon and I looked at it today. He was stoked. So, all right, that being said, let's shift gears a little bit. So, Brian, one of the things that you are very passionate about and you talk about all the time and you always give me a hard time about it, you're like, Michael, this isn't 2010 anymore. It's 2018. <laughs> and it's different now. All right. So how's it different? How is 2018 different than 2010? Okay. So I wasn't an agent in 2010. Linda was. So she That's might a big be difference. Better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, texting. Texting is the big thing. We need, From our leads, we get a lot more response from texting. Of course, you do want to call. Um, I don't leave a voicemail when I do call, but I text, and people respond to text messages so quickly. Between the text messaging, the videoing, yeah. you know, the text videoing um, makes a big difference. Facebook, you know, you can reach out to people in Facebook now, and you couldn't do that in 2008, 2007. I mean, I think Facebook was just starting to come on, but not like it is today. So back when I first became an agent, it was really sphere. I mean, you really just, that's all you really had was your sphere and your sphere's friends. Um, that's how I became an agent, really, was through my sphere. Um, my husband's a builder, and when I became an agent, all I really wanted to do was sell his stuff. I had no intentions of being a real estate agent. And then times got tough, and, you know, he didn't sell a house one year. And I thought, crap, I still have to eat. So I upped my game and um, really dialed into my sphere. Well, now, sure, sphere is still a very big part of our business. And, you know, it's the largest percentage. But you still you have to reach out to more than just your sphere. Um, client events, you know, you really got us on client events for your sphere. But now you have to get out and, you know, you have to, I'm sorry, but you kind of have to purchase leads if you want to get anywhere with this business it takes money to make money it really does and another thing that i think is different we get a lot of referrals from other agents in other markets and uh, a lot of them come through club wealth but a lot of the other ones also just come from our online profile 
People look at houses online well before they actually step foot in the house. You no longer have that big bulky book that you flip through that has a house that might be three, you know, on the market three weeks ago and they're just now seeing it for the first time. Um, I think 99% of buyers start online. I think the market, 73% of buyers tends to work with the very first agent that reached out to them. So you want to be that first agent. You no longer have a five-minute lead time. You have like a five-second lead time where you need to reach out to them and you need to get face-to-face with them immediately. So most people won't call you back. Most people don't even listen to their voicemails anymore. You need to text them. You need to be able to connect with them. You need to go out and show them the house just as quickly as possible and connect with them that way, have a good social media presence, just have a good online presence. And this wasn't the case back, you know, 2006, 2007. And, you know, most of the time, nobody knew another agent. They got them from word of mouth. And now word of mouth is social media. It is no longer the person sitting at the desk next to you. Well, we get a lot of it, and it's kind of funny, I think, but on social media, you know, we get a lot of people that will reach out to us because they'll tell, we have a picture together mm-hmm. and they say, well, we look nice. We look nice. You know, we look like we're friendly. In our team. So, picture. you know, you got a smile on your friend. You know, everybody thinks that they got to be this real serious person on social media. I think you've just got to look friendly to people. Be real and genuine. Awesome. So hold on, before you go into this, Brian, because I know you've got some serious thoughts on this. I'm dying to hear what you have to say. I want to say that about the be looking nice online, let me tell you, I agree. <laughs> like, let me tell you, this should not look like your passport photo, and it definitely should not look like your freaking uh, you know, when you get when you get arrested, your arraignment photo or whatever they call that thing. This should not look like that, right? You need to have freaking smile on your face you need to be dressed properly you know when somebody comes online and they come to see you online if the first thing they see is you in your bermuda shorts and a tank top that's probably not going to help you get a bunch of business right people don't people don't let me back up people vastly under value and underestimate the importance of having professional photos and by the way oh i haven't even announced this yet let me just tell you so <laughs> listening agent boot camp is coming up and uh, for those of you that haven't signed up already and maybe natasha can post the link in uh, both spots for us but it's uh, clubwealth.com forward slash labc um and i will tell you that we're always looking for ways to bring more value guess what we're going to have at listening agent boot camp we're going to have not only are we going to have a photographer there who's going to be dedicated to getting your headshots done she is coming with so we've got a whole organization these guys this is what they do she's also bringing her hair and makeup artist with her so literally look your best right there you're going to get your headshots taken they got it all down they'll green screen it it's all dialed in so you guys just make sure you've got professional photos out there i cannot say enough how important this is so brian 2010 versus 2018, what's different? So one of the things that that I heard you say at the beginning of that comment, and this is one of the questions that I want to ask you, what is the purpose of your text conversation? Ah, there's only one purpose, and that's to get a freaking appointment. It's all that matters. So here's here's the interesting, Mike. I'm going to... Are you talking one step backwards? Are you talking engagement? Right. So here's the thing. If one of the things that I think a lot of agents don't get and I hear this, so I text back and forth with them for three minutes, and then they ghosted me. You, you guys ever hear that from your agents? Yes. So why is that? You know, we've done a lot of research on it. So you know, why is it that? You know, because here's the, here's the reality that you have no, you've not built any relationship with them, right? So you know, 
7% of communication, if you and I right now, because we're, we're face-to-face, if you will, I guess, I don't know if that's true on this medium or not, but let's just assume it is, you know, only 7% of the words that are coming out of our mouth is, is being communicated. You know, the 93 other percent is going someplace else. So we go to text messages. We've taken the most minimal amount and we've shrunk it down and now it's everything. So guess what? People get bored. There's no emotion. Why do we have these goofy emoticons? Because we're actually trying to express emotion with them. So and this odd, you know, you've thought about this or not, use the goofy emoticons. But to Michael's point, for me, if I get people texting back and forth with me, pretty quickly, I will go, hey, is there, you know, much easier for me to talk. One's a good, you know, can I give you a call? And 95% of the time, they'll do one of two things. The first thing that they'll do is go, no, I'm busy. I'm not an opportunity to text. And I say, great. One, you know, I can only text, you know, when can we, when can we talk? Or they'll just say, you know what? Yeah, great. Let's call. So we have this perception and we have this perception of millennials and God bless them. They've been labeled. The truth of the matter is they're not that significantly different than we were when we were their age. But the truth of the matter is we've got the, we've labeled these people and we say they won't talk to us. That's, that's bull. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to, if you want to continue to get your business ghosted, text and only text. And that's one of the things I love the way you're doing it, Linda, but I know and, and Kelly that ultimately your goal is to get them to have a conversation with you. And, you know, don't use technology in place of building a relationship. Use technology to build the relationship. So, and then I'm going to ask you this question. Um, I heard you say video text. So, hey, tell me about video text. Go ahead. Brian, can I, before you go that, down that road, I want to make sure, guys, understand there's a process, right? And, and I want everybody watching this to think about this. So, I jumped right to, you know, you got to get an appointment. And that is the ultimate goal, right? The ultimate goal is I got to get face-to-face with them. Before I can get face-to-face with them, I have to get them to connect with me in whatever medium I can, right? Whether it's text, whether it's email, whether it's voicemail, you know, whether it's uh, phone or it doesn't matter, just any medium, I got to get them to connect with me. Once I get them to connect me, to Brian's point, I want to as quickly as possible build rapport so that I can get as quickly as possible either voice-to-voice, if I haven't already, or face-to-face with the ultimate goal being to get face-to-face. Too often, and, and I love this. I saw a text conversation here a while back. This freaking agent, I, it just cracks me up. She's texting this lead back and forth, and this lead's like, hey, I want to see this house. And she's texting him, and it's like, it's, it's, a, it's not a high-end listing for, for most markets. It was like a $800 or million dollar listing, which is not big in most markets. In your market, that's like three houses. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But that being said, what she, what she was texting back to him, she's like, Okay, so I'll just need to see proof of funds or a pre-approval letter before I can show that to you. No. Are you freaking kidding me? You haven't met me. You've never talked to me on the phone, and you're already asking me for proof of funds or a pre-approval letter? Are you kidding? Heck no. Wall, no. Talk to the hand. So that being said, Brian's spot on. You've got to build rapport. Give them what they want. And by the way, most of the time what they want is they want to know the price or they want to see it. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. We've been really fortunate. We had a six ROI on Zillow, and uh, I realize Zillow's not great in a lot of markets and that there's other places out there. But we, Linda and I have been very intentional with our text messages. We don't, when somebody sends us a lead, we don't say, hello, this is Kelly Robor with Carol Jones Realtors. You clicked on one, two, three, main, you know, we don't go through all that. We send them a text message that says, hey, do you have time to go see the house at five o'clock today? That's it. That's all I want. I want to make it as easy. 
as possible, throw out all the barriers. And then when we meet, most of the time, they're like, you know, they might even say, who is this? Or I might send them a second text that goes, oops, this is Kelly Revore with Carol Jones, you know, and uh, because then it's just funny, right? I'm kind of an idiot sometimes and I'll fully admit it. And then they meet me at the house and that's where I build rapport. I want to make, I, I don't want to give them a single reason not to show up at that house. And if I start asking them for pre-approval letters, I mean, guys, I, I try to tell our team this too. If you're going to a car lot and the first thing they do when you want to drive a Toyota is say, well, I need to make sure that you can get approved for this. And all you're saying is, I just want to drive the car to see if I like it. You're going to walk off there very frustrated with them. And you're going to walk across the street to another dealership. So I don't want to be the car guy. I want to be the person that says, jump in the car, fall in love with it, and then let's talk. I love the text message that you said. You're like, it's, you know, it's instead of, this is Kelly Rivor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the freaking sales robot. You're like, hey, can you go see it? And I think the key word there is, hey, or it's, yeah. you've got to, you've got to sound You've, you've got to sound like a normal freaking person. Don't sound so professional. Look professional, but sound like a normal person. Uh, so, Brian, you were talking about video text. And I'll tell you what, where Brian's about to go, you guys pay attention to this. And by the way, when you come out of these calls, when you guys are listening, to those of you that are watching, you have one goal. Come away with one great idea that you'll implement. That's it. Just try and learn one thing each time we do these and make sure you implement that in your business. What Brian is about to share with you is perhaps – the I, I would say it's one of the top three things that made that changed dramatically in the last 12 months and has made the biggest difference in the industry. And so go ahead, Brian. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish the thought and then I'll go right into that. So ultimately what, what I was saying, and I believe what Kelly is saying is too, is we don't sell on text messages. Don't sell. Don't and, and don't pre-qualify. Don't do any of those things. Get use it as a platform to bounce someplace else. And you know, Kelly's is to bounce to the house. Mine might be bounce to a phone conversation. But no matter what, we're not trying to sell over a text message. Selling in case if here's if you want to take something away, selling is one hundred percent about emotion. And there's zero emotion in a text message. So video text. And I love that Linda's done that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce to Linda a little bit and say, so how how hard is it to to do a video text, Linda? Oh, it's not hard. So it depends on how I look. <laughs> so if I get that's honest. <laughs> if I get a um, text in the, at eight o'clock at night and I'm sitting on the couch, you know, makeup's off and I'm in my pajamas and someone wants to look at a house, I'm just gonna text. Hey, you're interested in one, two, three Main Street when you want to go see it, Linda Revoir. But during the day, a lot of times I will just do a quick video text and send it to them because then they see my face and they know that I'm a real person because anymore we've got so much automation that, and a lot of times people don't realize if they are talking to a real person or not. Um, and you know, again, in our market, we can't do as much automation as someone can that's in California because of the financing. So we have to do a lot of it personally. So I want someone to realize that there is a person on the other side of that phone call. So I'll just do a quick video text, send it to them. And then a lot of times they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, here, here's what I love about that. I talk, I teach this to people all the time. I hear the same objection, honestly, over and over and over again that you said, Linda, is very simply, <laughs> well, I don't have my makeup on or I'm, you know, I, I didn't shave yet or what, you know, whatever, whatever the objection is, but it, it's, it's all it. 
If you've never heard that one from Linda, though, she's never talked about not being, you know, she haven't shaved yet. That's- <laughs> so I'm going to talk about two solutions to both of those problems, though. So first of all, the absolute most, the greatest text message is literally holding your phone in front of your face and saying, hey, it's Brian Curse with Curse Realty Group. You, know, you were looking at one, two, three Main Street. I'd love to set up a time to come see it. Great. Send them a text message, bam, video text like that. And, and honestly, here's the thing. I start with text messages too because it's easier, it's faster, it's simple. Um, but a video text is further down, down the line usually. It's like, hey, I can't get a hold of somebody, I'll try this. But I think you really hit it on the head. It makes you a human being. Right. You know, and you know, the statistics are, in case you guys don't know this, if you haven't heard me say before, 91% of all text messages are, are read. 91%. So going back to 2008, let's say, and you, you were in the business, people had these crazy things that were called landlines. You remember that? <laughs> so <laughs> at my house when I grew up, and it wasn't in 2008, but you know, when I grew up as a kid, there was five of us, one telephone, and it hung on the wall in the kitchen. When that phone rang, it got answered if someone was home 100% of the time. We ran to the phone. Yeah. We ran to the phone. Because, it, because it was a 20% chance in my house, there was five, it was a 20% chance that it was going to be for me. It was yeah. exciting and do that. So I, I, I'm actually jealous. I'm thinking back when I was a kid, of like how much easier it would have been to be a real estate agent. Everyone answered the phone. Right. I can't imagine how many dials I have to make today just to get someone to pick it up. So, you know, I'm, and by the way, I'm not, not advocating, I'm still advocating making phone calls. So please don't take that the wrong way. But my point is this. If you can get to a medium that's viewed 91% of the time and you can look like a real person and you can convey emotion and you can make it something that's funny or interesting, why would you not do it? Right. Because you're missing this huge, huge, huge opportunity because, again, it's not 1985 like it was with me and 100% of the time the phone got answered. I bet you statistically, I don't know this number, but I'm bet. 20, 30% of phone calls get answered in 2018. That'd be an interesting number to look at. So imagine now you've got something that you got an over a 90% contact rate that's extremely effective. I know on our team that we did, we did a quick comparison. It was like video text got responded to three times more than a phone call. So, you know, congratulations for being willing to do it. And, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm not the youngest person, but if I can handle it, if I can run this thing, so can you. You know, if Kelly and Linda can handle it, so can you. Heck, if Michael can do it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anybody anyway. can do it. And when I can't figure out how to do it, I ask a teenager. Exactly. Uh, that being said, Brian, a couple of things you hit on. First of all, uh, I've got a question from Claire, uh, and then I'm gonna uh, for you, and then I'm gonna I want to touch on something else. Do you use Bomb Bomb, or are you just using your phone video? Phone video. Okay. Bom. You're using just the phone. Okay. So, and, and by the way, Claire, both are great. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have to choose between the two, you're doing a text video via through your phone, right? Just a straight up text video, uh, video text message. Now, to Brian's point, you know, we, we have people sometimes that don't show up for their strategy sessions occasionally, right? So we, we as you guys know, we do, uh, we offer, in fact, for those of you watching, if you would like to have a conversation with one of us coaches, um, you know, where we'll literally take 55 minutes of our time and we'll investigate what's going on in your business. We'll look at what's working, what's not working, and we'll give you a roadmap for how you can do better in the next 12 months. Uh, we don't charge for that. It's called a strategy session. If you go to clubwealth.com forward slash strategy session. Uh, we will happily do that. And uh, all we ask is freaking show up 
and be on time, right? Okay, that's all we ask. And so, six weeks out, right? I mean, they need to show up. We have been about six weeks out. Uh, I think we've got that time frame down now because so many people are taking advantage of it. I think we're down to about three to four weeks right now. So please be patient with us. Um, but we'll literally do that for you at no cost, right? And so, and it's not a big sales pitch for coaching. If you want to find out about coaching, you can ask about it on that call. But um, but all we ask is just freaking show up. But when somebody doesn't show up, um, I'll always send them an email, a text message, and a video text message. Now, why do I do all three? The email and the text message are going to reach most people. That being said, the video text message may or may not always get delivered as the same as the text message does. It usually does. But I can tell you this. I get literally, to Brian's point, I get literally triple the response on the video text message that I do on a straight text message. Um, and it's super short. And I do the same thing. If I go to a listing appointment, I show up, the seller doesn't show up. What do I do? Grab my phone. I say, and I literally do a video of myself in, in a video text message in front of their house. And I say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, it's Michael Hellickson. Hey, I'm out here. I'm in front of your house. You can see it in the background here. Uh, and I, I'm guessing something came up. You probably got caught up in traffic or something. No big deal. I'll just go ahead and wait here until you arrive. And, uh, you know, I'll just make follow-up calls from my car. And, and so, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the inside of the house. Then I go make my follow-up calls. Then if they, 20 minutes later, they still aren't there, I'll do another video text message. And again, this gets their attention, you guys. This really works. I do another video text message and I say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, Michael Hellickson here. Uh, again, I, I'm out in front of your house. I'm guessing something came up last minute. I totally get it. That being said, I love the house. I know we can make something happen here. So here's what I'm going to do because I want to make sure I don't drop the ball on my end. You have my commitment that I'm going to continue to call and email and follow up with you until I get a hold of you so that I can see the inside of the house because I don't want to drop the ball. So I promise you, I will continue to follow up. So here's my number. Reach out to me. So what I just told them is, bro, I'm going to stalk you. Like, <laughs> I'm not going away. You better call me. If you want to call and tell me no, tell me no, but I'm stalking you. So anyway, video text, Brian, it is gold. I completely agree hundred percent. So we've only got one minute left here before we've got to roll up. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to get final thoughts from each of you, biggest takeaways, uh, whatever the last thing you want to say is we'll start with Kelly and Linda and then we'll go to Brian. So Kelly and Linda, parting thoughts. Um, okay. Biggest takeaways. If you're building a team daily huddle, uh, biggest takeaways, working with buyers and sellers, video text and guys, Trust me, Club Wealth is a game changer. It got us our life back, and it also increased our income. And I don't want to sound salesy because I'm not at all, but trust me, be at Listing Agent Boot Camp. We'll be there, and definitely take Michael up on a strategy session. I love it. Awesome. Thank you for that. Linda? All right. Well, maybe I'll get a little bit better and hire a little faster than I'm allowing Kelly to hire right now. Yes. <laughs> and when you were just, just now – when it came to you being in front of the house, the seller listing, and I'm thinking in my mind, that would work exactly the same for a buyer's agent because a lot of times the buyer doesn't end up showing up. So I'm just thinking I'm going to tell my team that to do a video text to the client that didn't end up showing up. Awesome. And Club Wealth is awesome. Brian is our coach. We love him to death. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, it's a great opportunity to get to coach you too. And, you know, it's it's wonderful to 
not have to, do you understand how important it is to have a business versus just have a job? And that's one of the biggest things I appreciate about both of you. And, you know, you take it seriously, you, you, you look at every dollar and, you know, imagine if someone who's price pointed, you know, you and I are kind of jealous of this. I'll be honest, you know, but imagine if your price point was triple and you watched every single dollar, how much, how much, how amazing that can be. So, you know, and that being said, you know, I heard one thing that I love. Brian, you're breaking up. Is that just Brian? Can you, is, is it happening on your end? I can hear him. All right. I heard Kelly. Barry. Can you hear me now? Yes. It's okay. My internet stable is unstable. So, um, okay. Well, anyway, here's the one thing I took away. When you asked, when Kelly just off the top of her head says, my ROI for Zillow is six. That's yeah. an amazing thing to know that like that. And to me, that says that she has a business and she understands your business. If you're an agent who's just out there getting, bringing as much money as you can, paying out as much money as you have to, you don't have a business. So, you know, focus like that. And when you, when you can say, oh, my ROI on that is six, that means you have a business and you know what, you know, where to spend money and where to cut. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I love it. That's awesome. So my biggest takeaway is I love your takeaways. And so all of you guys. So essentially, here's my biggest takeaway, you guys. You need to be on these calls. You need to be watching these calls. You need to be taking notes. You need to come away with that one thing that you will implement. And to Brian's point, Linda and Kelly know their ROI on that lead source. And it's and, and, they, and my hunch is they know their ROI on all their lead sources for a reason because they're implementers. And the people that make the most money in this business are the quiet implementers. They don't talk about, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That You know what? It comes down to, this is what I did. And this is the result I got. And this is what I learned from it. And this is how I'm now going to implement what I learned so that I can take it even to the next level. So guys, I love you guys. Thank you all three of you for being on today. Seriously, you. you guys bring so much value to everybody in Club Wealth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you that haven't heard it enough already, don't forget, get signed up for Listing Agent Bootcamp 2018. The link is in the post here, clubwealth.com forward slash LABC. And as always, remember, inside of each one of you, there's this world-class beast just dying to get out. You got to choose to unleash that beast. It doesn't have to be all at once. You might not feel world-class today, but you can do something at a world-class level today. Write a world-class personal note, right? Send somebody fire. Do something at a world-class level today. Pick up the phone and call somebody in your sphere. Do something because, again, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.